Well, good morning, and I'd like to welcome you to Experience Life Church service. Yes, that's right, right here from my home in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for joining in, and I hope that you will stay with us through the entire ministry time this morning. I do have a special guest today, and, and to me it's special, special guest, because it happens to be my son, Tim Clowers, and he's going to be talking to you about a very, very important subject of talking to Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite things in the world to do, is talk to Jesus, because when I talk to him and, and just tell him, you know, how I love him and how I appreciate him, number one, redeeming me and going to the cross and, and going to the grave and going into hell and delivering us from sin and bondage, and all we have to do is come to him and ask him to forgive us and and begin to turn our lives around and let him help us as we renew our mind. You just want to talk to him all the time because he is a good God. Well, I'm glad you're with us, as I said, and so I uh, am expecting God just to uh, anoint you. You know, that's one of the things that I think is important, you know, whether you're watching this on a phone or a tablet or a desktop or whether you're watching this on a TV on one of your apps. I'm just so grateful that you would be here with us. But the thing of it is, I don't want it to just be a time that that I'm talking and my son is talking, my son Tim Clowers, but I want it to be a time that your mind just opens up for revelation and for healing and your heart is opened up and you'll allow the oil of God just to start flowing right down through you. And that again, as I say many times, you'll become stronger in your faith. And everything that you're going through, possibly going through, that you'll begin to take the Word of God and use the Word to overcome instead of being overcome by the circumstances. Now, let me just uh, give you an update on our ministry center and why we're here. Uh, doing the service from my home. Uh, you that have been watching regularly, you already know about our ministry center back in February where we had the extreme cold weather, the, the pipes in the building froze, and then when the heat came back on, then it uh, sent water all over the place. And unfortunately, we don't own the building, so therefore we're dependent on our landlord to do what needs to be done with his insurance company. And then again, we've been out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because of this. And I appreciate you that have helped some to uh, help suffice and help take up uh, some of the loss. We, we're so far behind. We do need your help still to stand in the gap with us until we can get back in the building. But I... I Try to be kind as I possibly can with uh, our landlord. Um, he has tried to manipulate and do things for his good rather than the good of the ministry. And I'm not the only one. Our church is not the only one that's a part of this building. We have about uh, over 4,000 square feet here where we have our services and ministry center. And this gentleman that owns the building, you know, I, I 
I can't get into what he's doing. It probably wouldn't be appropriate here to say, but I think you can read what I'm not saying. And I, I need you to pray for him because, you know, when we have people in the world that are thinking of themselves and selfish and, and want all they can get and don't care for others, that's what we want to pray for, that God will open their eyes and God will break the barriers and somehow God can get through to them. I believe he can. He got through to Saul when Saul was on the road to Damascus and on his way to hurt the, the, the church. God got through to him, so I just believe some way God's going to get through to this gentleman and everything that we've lost in numbers, when I say numbers, people that come to our church and people that view us uh, all over the world and cannot watch the, the actual church service itself of where we have worship and praise because we have no place to do that. We are temporarily meeting in a hotel and we're grateful for that. And you that are in the Carrollton area, that's the, the Courtyard Marriott in Louisville, uh, right off of 121. Anyway, uh, we'll put that address up for you later. But today, uh, we just want to pray and ask God to bless you and minister to you. I've spoken to you about that. But let's pray now. Father, I come into the throne room of grace as we begin this time together with the people that are viewing with us. I just thank you, Lord, that they're there. You know who they are, and you know all about them. You know about all of their needs. And as they cry out to you, as they call upon you, I ask, Holy Spirit, that this will be a time, Lord, that they will be endued with your power. They'll, they'll just sense the angels of God around them. You said those that love him, the angels of God are encamped round about them. So let them sense the angelic forces of God being around them. Let them just look up into the heavens and be blessed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that flows down through. Whether it's healing in the mind, whether it's healing in the emotion, whether whether it's healing in the body, whether it's financial healing, whatever it is, I just ask God that you would heal and destroy every yoke of bondage that's coming against any individual that's with us now and that will be joining us later or will be watching the replay of this. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you anointing to be here present right now and to be here on all the times that people watch it later. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for your goodness and for your blessings and for your anointing. Amen and amen. Well, once again, I want to say I'm so grateful to have my son, Timothy Clowers, with me. He is actually in his home in Knoxville, Tennessee. And today, as I mentioned, he's going to be talking to you about, uh, well, talking about Jesus and whatever, what greater subject is there to talk about than our Father, God, Jesus Christ, who lives on the inside of us. And he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So I want you to open up. I want you to get ready for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God's going to speak to you in ways that uh, we're going to hear from you. You know, send us emails. Uh, just, just contact us through Messenger, you that's watching on Facebook. And you that are watching on Facebook, 
Why don't you just go to your page and share this right now? This way, you can be an evangelist and you can let other people who are your friends that's watching can watch on your timeline that don't know about us. Anyway, thank you for all of you that do share our ministry time together on your timeline, you that's watching on Facebook. And I do want to remind you, we're still on YouTube. We're still on YouTube. I know that some people said, well, I quit watching YouTube because you said uh, they had taken you off. I said what I actually said was they took some of our broadcasts down because they don't like me talking about Donald Trump. So we're still on. They've given me a warning. They've taken some of the stuff down, but they've given me a warning that they're going to block me if I talk about this again. So this shows you the time we're living in that we no longer have the freedom of speech because money controls today. That's one of the things that's happened. Rich people right now are controlling our nation. And when I say rich people, I'm talking about people that have so much money that uh, are ungodly and don't care about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? As I mentioned about Saul, how God stopped him, how God turned him around, I believe we're in the process of seeing God turn some things around and we're going to see a super natural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, as I mentioned to you about my son, I appreciate him very much. He's called into the ministry. He's become a great preacher of the gospel. He's a, a labor in the kingdom of God. He's worked with me all over the world, preached to thousands and thousands of people, been into many, many countries, uh, going in and starting crusades for me in conferences and bringing together thousands of people. And God has just used him. He's got a great heart. He loves God. He loves you. And so I want to in, 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 welcome, I proudly welcome my son, Tim Clowers, to the ministry time today. Welcome, Tim. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I wanted to send you greetings here from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, it's sunny and beautiful. Um, I, I love where we live. It's a great place. And we're celebrating my daughter's 15th birthday today. Um, you know, this week, it's a whole celebration uh, of her turning 15 today. It's kind of a big deal for her. Uh, but that's kind of what's going on with us this week. Uh, but, but we're very thankful. Um, I'm excited to be here with you this morning, excited to be sharing from my heart with you guys. I've uh, just had a lot of experience over the years of uh, interactions, encounters with people, um, you know, got a few things to share with you from my heart. Uh, you know, Jesus, man, he means so much to me. And hopefully uh, by the time we get through with our, our, our conversation, uh, you know, that you, you're able to see my heart and my dad's heart of how much, how much we absolutely love and adore Jesus. He, you know, he is king. You know, it, the Bible, as the Bible does say, uh, you know, he is the beginning, he is the end, and he is that alpha, he is the omega from every aspect. Uh, you know, he's literally changed and transformed my life from who I was, what I was, and to, to becoming more and more like him. And I'm so thankful uh, for, for what he's done and what he's done for you. And I look forward to uh, hearing of some great transformation uh, that will take place in you guys' life, maybe as a result of some good conversation that we have this morning. Well, I want everyone here to just think about what you want God to do most. 
What do you want God to do most in your life? Do you have a do you have children that are lost? Do you have children that are lost and undone and or or maybe they come to Christ and and then they've gone back into the world? Are you going through a divorce or are you divorced and still suffering? Have you just lost a, a loved one recently? Uh, is it a financial situation? Now, whatever it is that you need most and desire God to do most in your life, the Bible says in Mark 11 and 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So I want you to focus on one thing, you know, just don't be broad. Just God, just meet my need. You know, I, I know God knows what your needs are, but I want you to focus on one thing that you want God to do most of all. What is the thing you need most in your life? While while my son, Tim, I'm just going to turn him loose here and let him begin to minister. I may uh, just break in a time or two if he's saying something that's really sparking a chord in my heart and that I want to carry that point just a little further. But I want him just to step up now just as he was standing in the pulpit of Experienced Life Church and begin to talk to you about the things that's in his heart. So, Tim, I give it to you, and you go ahead and start ministering the Word. Absolutely. So there is a, there's a, what, have been, what has inspired me to really share my heart about talking to Jesus is, you know, there's a song that's somewhat new, and it, uh, you know, literally the title of it is called Talking to Jesus. And it brings back so many memories of uh, when I was a teenager. And, you, you know, and, and let me just ask that question before I move forward. You know, I want to ask this question to you guys. Talking to Jesus, what does that actually mean to each of us? Um, you know, if, if we simply just, I don't know, define the word talking, you know, it would be the act of conversing, uh, you know, it's speaking in a familiar conversation and, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people in the world today, they don't have any shortage of, shortage of words. Uh, it's easy for them to talk and to, to communicate. Um, yet I, I, I think about Jesus and my heart and my love for him. And it's, it's like, I want to do less talking and more listening to him. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, for some people, you know, maybe it feels as though it's a, maybe you feel because of what you've gone through over the last year, two years in your life, or what your life has um look or what your life is like now and what your past has dictated some of your outcomes in your life. And maybe you find it's a strain um, to talk to God, talk to G. I like to say, talk to Jesus. Um, and, you know, then there's a lot of people that can find plenty of time to, to do things that, you know, that they enjoy. They can find plenty of time to do things that give them pleasure. Uh, they find plenty of time to scroll on social media or, um, just doing things that they enjoy, um, but, but it's hard for them to find time to talk to Jesus. And, you know, for me, I, I'll be honest with you, it, it was like that in the younger years of my life. And, and I've even gone through seasons of my life where it's been a little hard to have conversations with Jesus. And, and why would I say that? Why, 
why would I communicate such words that it's hard to communicate or hard to have a conversation with Jesus? Well, simply because, you know, sometimes our outcomes where, you know, when there's just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, you know, when there's bad news after bad news and we just feel all, I guess you could say we, we feel that life has kind of beat us up. And so why would we want to go have a conversation with Jesus when what's it going to do for us? And some of those questions you may ask yourselves and, you know, and I would just encourage you guys to, to not let what the past hurts and the past pains that you've encountered in your life that are maybe affecting you currently, don't ever let it deter uh, or affect your opportunity to have a conversation with God on a daily basis. You know, uh, l- let me just kind of walk you through a little bit of uh, uh, my past. Um, you know, my grandmother, uh, she was a godly woman. And uh, for me as a young man, I guess you could say like when I was a teenager, maybe uh, a young teen, my middle teens, uh, I thought my my grandmother was a little kooky oh, and just and I'll just be honest with you, I thought she was a little kooky. Whenever I'd go over there, uh, most times I would go with my dad or my mom, and uh, I'd, I'd see her in her house. You know, she has an old Pentecostal-style grandmother, uh, didn't really wear makeup at all. She had long hair. She was always wearing a dress. But anytime we that I can remember, you know, when I walked into her home, she was always just pacing back and forth and just rubbing her hands together and praying and speaking in tongues and you know for me I thought she was just kind of rum or mumbling a little bit and just it's like who is this crazy lady and you know and I just I remember that as a I don't know like a a young adolescent boy and maybe when I was 12 and 13 and I'm like she's a little loose upstairs she's got some nuts loose and I'll be honest with you that's that's what went through my mind um But, you know, uh, little did I know at that time in my life, what she was doing, she was, uh, Jesus, help me here. Um, She was talking to Jesus. Man, sorry for getting emotional. This beginning part of the um, broadcast this morning, but... uh, that's what she was doing. She was talking to Jesus. Um, and then um, as, as a little bit of time would go by, I find my dad. Whew. He would be up at four o'clock in the morning. He would be up at five o'clock in the morning. And uh, he would be in his closet. And I would hear this noise and What's he doing? It, it sounded like, you know, you put a blanket over a speaker as if somebody's talking and that's what he would be doing for hours. And I'm like, what is my dad in there doing? You know, he's, he's got up early. I, he's in his closet. He's got a blanket over the speaker. It's all this mumbling going back and forth. <clears throat> and he would literally be in there for hours. And, you know, I, it, it's just, it didn't really dawn on me that my grandma um, my dad, they were just talking to Jesus. They were having a conversation with him. And, you know, and then life began to change. My brother was actually tragically killed. And, um, 
in the church where he was, where my dad was the pastor. And that just really kind of messed me up because I didn't really understand. And so what was easy for me as a young, as a young teenager, I, I found it a lot easier for me to just get addicted to drugs because uh, taking drugs was a coping mechanism for me instead of facing the reality of life and what it had to offer me. So uh, I decided to take drugs and let that be my coping mechanism. That, that's what it was. And uh, then as time go on, went on, I, I found myself addicted to alcohol. And, you know, and it's just like, it, it, it was like a, um, a steamrolling effect. Just, um, I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm a thief. I'm a liar. And then, you know, it just, nothing seemed to be working at the moment. And then one day, then let me just say this, one day, one day, man, um, I think I was about 27 years old. I, I go into a church service where my dad is the pastor of, and he's got this evangelist um, from South Africa. He's in the church service. And I had just gotten fired from my job and I had some drugs in my car. Uh, he, I don't even know that he knows this, but I had some drugs in my car and I'd just gotten fired from my job and I went into the church service and it's the whole time that the preacher was talking. It's like, man, he's, he's on a, He's on a, a hotline with God because apparently everything that this preacher is saying, it's, it, it's like he's talking directly to me. And that particular night back in the late 90s, I finally truly met Jesus Christ for the very first time. And then I go back to, you know, just, just recently as I, as I listen to the song and as I begin to, you know, have my conversations and my morning devotions, I got this amazing place here in the out, out back of my house where I go and I talk to God. And it's like, I, I, found, I found Christ. And what, here's what I realized is all of those weird mumbling conversations that I thought my grandmother was having. And then my, it sounded like my dad talking with a blanket over a speaker. What I realized was what they were doing is they were talking to Jesus and all of those conversations that they, that my grandmother had with Jesus, all of those conversations that my dad had with Jesus, you know, those, those conversations saved my life. They literally, they saved my life. And, um, you know, we can put up a fight to not serve God. We can put up a fight not to go to church. We can put up a fight not to read our Bibles and study the Word of God. And we, we can put up a fight to oppose anything and everything about God. But here's what I will tell you is praying moms, praying dads, praying grandparents. You know, you just never know what those prayers can do for you. What is going to happen is they are going to save your life. You know, that's, that's what they do is those prayers, those conversations, you know, they will absolutely save your life. Um, so let me, let me quickly share a scripture with you. Is there, it's in John chapter 15, and we're, we're, I'm going to begin reading in verse 13. It says, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Oh, man, I, I could almost just stop right there, but let me just go on reading. It says, you are, you are my friends if you do what I command 
I no longer call you slaves because my master doesn't confide, confide in slaves. Now are you, now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father has told me. And so, you know, Jesus in that particular scripture, what Jesus is doing, he's describing us as his friends, as somebody that's very um, beloved to him. We're his, we're his friendly people. And so to me, that's, what that is, is it's a comfort to me because Jesus is not referring to me as a slave or somebody that I have to serve my master, but he's referring to me as a friend. You know, the Bible says, you know, I guess a summary of John chapter 15, he says we are a friend of God, you know. And so we have heard for years, uh, if, you've any, if you've heard anything and know anything about, you know, the things of God or being in church is, you know, obedience is what brings the blessings of God in our life. And so, and I think back to my childhood days or when I was a teenager, and I even relate this to my own kids now that I have my own kids is, you know, when they obey instruction, you want to bless your kids. When they do what you teach, when they do what, what you ask, and from simple tasks, hey, did you, clean, did you clean your room? Did you clean the garage? Did you do everything that was asked? And so, so when, when your children obey you, when they, when they do it without grumbling, when they do it without uh, hesitation, you know, uh, the heart of a father is he wants to reward his kids. You know, and, you know the Bible tells us in the, uh, the book of Luke, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all those things will be added. So, and I think sometimes as Christians, uh, or people that pursue God, you know, they get so focused on the things instead of focusing on seeking God and his kingdom and expanding it and making Jesus the most famous person on the planet. And, you know, the things that happen or the things mentioned in that particular scripture is, you know, those are nothing more than byproducts of you obeying God and doing what we're supposed to do. You know, Proverbs chapter 17, it's 17, it says, a friend is always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. You know, so, so let me just put it back upon us in a different way. So what kind of friend are we? Do we only show up and talk to God when it's convenient? Do we show up and have those conversations when we feel like it? Um, because, you know, there's a, there's a really big difference between knowing someone and knowing some things about them versus being a true and a genuine friend. You know, genuine friendship is loyalty. You know, and let me just share something with you. Um, this comes straight from my heart is, you know, I love to sit in a certain spot uh, in my house every morning. And I love to just, first thing I'll do is, I was gonna grab my Bible, but um, it, I, I love to open the Bible and I love to just read the Bible and just, discover lots of truth and things about who God is and, and even gain new revelation and insight uh, from the word of God. And, and then I was like, after I'll read, it's like, I like to pray. And so, but what I've found over the last several years, and this set me free about six months ago. So, so bear with me um, on what I'm going to say to you guys is, so I would read my Bible and then I'd start praying. But, um, in, in my mind, I really wasn't praying. It's like I felt conviction in my heart because 
what I would do is I would turn on my music. I'd put my headphones on and I would just start worshiping God. And I would, I would put on worship music and, and I, I just would start just talking to Jesus in a way without even saying anything. I would just worship him. I, you know, I'd put up my hands and I would just worship him. And I, I mean, I wasn't praying for Bob or Sally or Sarah, who's got all those issues in their life and going through my prayer list, praying for the president, the vice president, uh, foreign countries, my, my local government, my wife, my children. I wasn't, I wasn't focused on all those things. All I was focused on was worshiping him. And I would do it through this music with my headphones on. And I, I, you know, sometimes I would get convicted and I would think, oh gosh, I didn't spend time in, in praying. I didn't, I didn't mention everybody. I didn't ask all these things. And then finally one day, I, I just, uh, I was listening to a, a, a man up in California that I, I enjoy listening to. And it's, he started saying some things and it just really resonated in my heart that, you know, it's, Come, you know, prayer is not about you opening your mouth and conversing what you're asking for or asking prayer for someone. Because, because if you think about it, we can get a lot of words across in a matter of minutes. Um, so I can read you a scripture and it takes me about 30 seconds to read you a scripture. Um, or if I wanted to read a couple of paragraphs, I could get those paragraphs read to you in just a matter of, um, I don't know, maybe two to three minutes. And then, you know, and, and so I just began to think about that. And so it, it, it really resonated in my heart that stop focusing on, t t I looked at myself, Tim, stop focusing on all the things you need to pray about or for, continue in your worship with Jesus. Yes, is it, do we need to say what's in our heart to pray for people? Because we make promises, hey, I'll be praying for your sister that's going through that uh, difficulty in COVID or they're facing a battle of their life. Of course, we're going to go to the throne room of God. But if you think about it, what's most important is your friendship with God. And our friendship with God is nothing more than a conversation. It's, and if all you do is just worship God and you adore him and you express your adoration, you express your heartfelt attitudes uh, about him and for him. And if all, the only amount of time that you spend is maybe four or five minutes, it, like, well, I won't say the, um, if you spend your time tell talking to God for other people or on their behalf or what your needs are, then you've done it. You've been set free because I, I would, I, I've got this long list. Um, and, and so sometimes I would just feel like I've got this long list. I've got, I've got this page full. I've got this page full and I, and I've got, you know, more pages in this, that it's like, oh, I, did, I didn't cover my list today. I didn't cover my entire list. And you know what? Jesus is not concerned about our list, you know, because when it comes to us, the Bible says that he knows the very number of hairs that we have on our head. And it also says in his word that he knows our needs even before we ask, you know? And so I, that's really um, what set me free because I realized I don't have to constantly talk to him. It's like, I can worship him. And it's like, wow, he's right there with me 
in my worship. And if at the end of my worship and my adoration and my praise to God and our convert, it's kind of like me and God, we're having a, just a personal conversation. And towards the end of that personal, intimate conversation that I'm having with him, oh, by the way, God, I want you to heal Sarah of that cancer. And Lord, I want you to go into the, I want you to really touch and bless Bob's life. Bob's suffering from COVID-19. And there's even a guy, Eugene, who just had eye surgery. And these are actual people because I've been praying for him. And it's like, Lord, I just, I want you to touch Eugene and his eyes because he really needs his vision restored. You see, those are the kind of communications that we can we can say those in a matter of minutes. And yeah, sometimes we may dwell upon them and we just may, I don't know, maybe God wants you to intercede and pray longer for them. But if, if we get so focused on our list, we forget about our time of just talking to Jesus. You know, we, we, we miss what he has for us. We miss our relationship, our intimate time with him. And you know what, what, so when it says a friend sticks closer than a brother, you know, that, that's where I, I want to encourage you guys to be the kind of guy that God can count on. Be the kind of gal that God can count on. So let me tell you something that I did. Uh, uh, I, a friend of mine inspired me to do something, what I did. He did something similar. And I remember about six months ago, I was sitting in my chair um, where I normally just sit with God every morning and got my Bible with me and I've got a little stand right beside me. And I make, like I do every morning, I make me a cup of coffee. I'll read my Bible and then I'll just start worshiping God. Um, but, but something I did a little different that day, that day was uh, I made a second cup of coffee and I set it on the table right beside me. I said, God, I made you a cup of coffee too. So I look forward to our conversation. And that morning, I just remember I had uh, just an amazing encounter with God because I invited him through a natural way. I, I put a cup of coffee for him to be with me. Now, he's there with me whether I make him a cup of coffee or not. But I just felt like I wanted to invite him into what I was doing exactly for that day. And, you know, I, something I've been telling my Bible study guys um, for the last nearly year that we've been conducting a Bible study is, you know, John 3.16 says this, and, and it's, it's the most famous, I guess you could say, um, Bible scripture that there is, and most people can quote it. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have ever, everlasting life. And so I think about that scripture and I've thought about it over the last several months. And it says, for God so loved that he gave. So the very nature, and, and I guess you could say uh, the very character of God is love. And so what does love do? Um, love gives. And so, you know, I, I think, and I think about what, what love is or some of the attributes is, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It will never remember being done wrong or it will never 
remember, I'm trying to remember all the words from First Corinthians 13. It'll never remember, remember, or it'll, it'll never demand its own way. It'll never remember the wrongs. It'll never uh, rejoice about being uh, done wrong or, or injustice. It'll always celebrates when, 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 when there's a win in your life. Love is never jealous. Love is never boastful. Love is never proud. Love is never rude. You know, and so I think about the absolute nature of God, which is, which is love. God is love. It's the, you know, in, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says for the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. But I've came to give you an everlasting life. So that word life is the Zoe, the God kind of life. He intended for us to have that. And that particular scripture, the life that he's intended for us to live. And it says for God so loved you know, those are the same words. That means Zoe life. And so when we accept Christ, that means we have a promise of an eternal future. But see, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing is the closer we get to God, the more intimate we get with him. And the more time that we just talk to Jesus, we will soon and easily realize that that eternal life that we look forward to up in heaven one day, it begins here. That Zoe life, our eternal life, begin, it begins right here you know and so you know praying it's it's what is praying it's it's talking to jesus it's just simply having a conversation and there's um i guess i could say there's no there's no wrong way to do it um there's no right way to do it um there's never a bad time to start there's no exact right time of when to have a conversation with jesus um Literally, it, it doesn't have to sound pretty. It doesn't have to sound right. You know, just, just start talking to Jesus and tell him your heart. Tell him your fears. Tell him your failures. And, you know, and I'm a sinner. I am a sinner every single day. I, I'm a sinner that is saved by grace. Uh, you know, I was, in, I was in the checkout line just the other day. And, you know, and I just, I had some thoughts and I was like, that I shouldn't be thinking those hateful thoughts. That's wrong. That's 100% wrong. I shouldn't be thinking those hateful thoughts. And so I'm putting my buggy away, headed back to my, my car. And I just, I just start talking to God. I said, I'm sorry that I, there is no reason for me to have those hateful thoughts and the things that came through my mind. And I just, I asked God, I just said, I'm sorry. You know, um, you know, the thing is, is, Talking to Jesus, it's really just telling him what's on your mind. Share, you know, sharing and exchanging uh, what's on your mind. What's telling him your, telling your heart, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're going through. And you know, it's like a, it's like a friendship. You know, as if maybe you had, maybe your dad or your mom. You, you know, when you were growing up, you would share things in your heart back and forth in that relationship that you had, because, you know, when you were, if you were thinking back, if you think back to when you were little, you know, uh, if it's your mom or your dad, uh, if it's your grandmother, your grandparent, if your aunt or your uncle, whoever raised you when you were little, you know, you would share your fears, you would share your failures, you would share your, your weaknesses, you would, and, and even as adults, you know, it's, uh, we, we just share our anxieties and our struggles and what we're thinking, what we're going through. And that's what we do. We just share it with Jesus. And it's, uh, and, and I just, I, I can't help but to think back to all those hours and hours of my grandmother and my grand and my dad just talking to Jesus, 
talking to Jesus because, you know, it, it saved my life and it could save your life. It could save some of your loved one's life and, and it can help you overcome your fears, your failures, your weaknesses, your struggles, your anxieties, and all the difficult things that you're feeling and experiencing and going through. You know, so I encourage you guys, try it sometime, you know, if it's not something that you do on a regular basis, be that kind of person that says God can count on you. Be that kind of person that's going to be consistent, that's going to be there. You know, there's no set time, but hey, you know what? If you're a friend of God, when it, when it says in that scripture, we are considered to be friends of God, be there, be that friend of God that he can count on then to know, because our if our God, you know, if he's willing to leave the 99 Christians who think they're righteous and he'll leave them all to search out, to seek out for that one lost sheep, then at least us, us righteous people, if we are the ones righteous, then what we can do is at least we can have a conversation with God, just talk to him because maybe it can save our life. Maybe it can save someone else's life. And all my Bible study guys that come here every single Monday, I tell them every single week, I says, do this. If you, if you can't, if you can't squeeze in 10 minutes, if you can't squeeze in five minutes before you get out of your vehicle, spend two minutes, tell God how much you love him. Tell God what you're thankful for. Tell God what he's done in your life and you want to serve him. And just talk to him and tell him those things. And I just, you know, it's just one of those things where I want to give away everything that's on the inside of me because I'm, I'm so thankful for where I am and where he brought me out of. You know, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus Christ. And I think about the magnitude of that, the magnitude of that. It says, God showed his great love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us while we were still sinners. And, and you know, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and 11, it says, um, he, he pre-planned our lives even before we were born. It says, we were predestined. And so um, we have gifts, talent, skills, and abilities. And some of us, we may not even think that we have anything special about us. We can just do several things. We can do them decent. But there are those that are very gifted. There are those that are very talented. And I, and I think about those of us that, we're, well, I don't have anything super special about me. I'm not a gifted athlete. I'm not a gifted artist. Uh, I'm not a gifted mechanic. I'm not a gifted communicator. Well, I think about, well, maybe you have the gift of faithfulness. Maybe you have the gift of steadiness. You know, you're always the same. You're always consistent. And so eventually somebody who is steady, faithful, and consistent, they don't change. Eventually people are going to be drawn to them because, well, they look like they're, they've got their life together. And so they look like they're steady in life. So I think they haven't really changed. They've not gone to the left or the right. They've been faithful. So you know what? I'm going to seek them out because maybe they can help me. And, you know, and I just think about what the ultimate thing that Christ did for me and what it does when I, when I start to whine or complain or think about what I don't have or what I'm going through, well, I always think about John 3, 16. I think about Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 when it says, 
you know, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. He sent him to us, you know, to die on a cross and he did it out of love. And then I think about uh, Isaiah chapter 54, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 52 and verse 14. And it says, Jesus Christ, his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know that he was even a man. And so I don't know about you guys, but that drives me uh, continually when I think about, wow, it, it, it says, so it says in that scripture, one could scarcely know he was even a man because his face was so disfigured. I think about the ultimate penalty, the ultimate price that Jesus Christ, but he did it for me and he did it for you. And so when we get a little resentful about our grandmother or grandfather, or even unthankful for all of those prayers that they prayed for us, it could save our life. And so now that I'm, um, you know, and I've grown, I've got my own adult children. Uh, I've got some of the same struggles that, that my mom and my dad have, have gone through, those same struggles. And it's like, you know, I pray for my kids. I do. I talk to God about them because I don't want them to have to struggle and go through some of the same things that I went through. And so I, I have regular conversations to, to Jesus and I talk to him about them. And, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, I'm very thankful for that. And so, um, you know, as I kind of wind this down, let me just share, let me just share one secret of success that um, I think that has really revolutionized my walk with Jesus and talking to him every day, because let, let's face it, the cares of life, um, they can weigh us down. They can burden us down. They can make things really difficult for us. Um, you know, and, and God never promised. He, he said all throughout his word, he said, he, ne he never said that we wouldn't have struggles and he, he never said that we wouldn't have problems. But what he did say is he would be there for us in the midst of them. Now, first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16, 17, and 18. Here's what it says. This is how... I would say my wife and I have tried to live our lives of how this revelation has really hit us so hard and so strong. These three verses of how we try to pattern our life because it really helps us tremendously. So the Bible says in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, always be joyful. So if, if we think about that scripture, always be joyful. So how do we, how do, we do that? Because... Being joyful all day, every day is hard because we get bad news. Uh, we, somebody does something wrong to us. You know, if I, I think back to, you know, we were done wrong. Somebody, um, there was injustice that occurred in our life. And so what the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and 16, always be joyful. So it, it's hard. It really is when we face those monumental issues and challenges when we've done wrong or when we're facing bad news or when we're facing disappointment, the Bible tells us to always be joyful. So how do we do that? And even, uh, let, let me just say this to you. So in the mornings, do you wake up full of joy? I mean, generally speaking, I'm pretty joyful when I wake up, but there's those of us, there's a sect of people and my daughter is one of them. <laughs> She will never lie about that. So there's certain people that have the propensity to wake up happy. There's certain groups of people that have the propensity to wake up sad or kind of feeling defeated. In other words, it takes them a while to get going. There's no smile. There's no joy, you know? Um, and so 
you know, for some of us, I'll be honest with you, it's not that hard for me to joy be joyful. But sometimes, you know, when you get bad news right off, it you know, that's like a laser cannon. It's going to hit you right there uh, in the gut where it hurts because, it, you know, I, I go back to what uh, John 10, 10 says. It says the thief's purpose is to steal. So if the thief can steal your joy, it's history. It's over. He can defeat you way easier if he steals your joy. So in other words, if I'm going to live my life based upon what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and 16 says, we got to choose joy. If we don't feel like being joyful, if we don't feel like being happy, if we've got bad news, or if you're down to your last $5 and you've got another two weeks to live, well, somehow, some way, you're going to have to draw upon the strength of David and praise him anyway, because we've got to choose joy and we've got to be happy and we have to find a way deep down on the inside of us, because why would, why would God inspire the Apostle Paul to tell us to choose joy. Huh. So joy is a choice. It's a must. It's a, it's a prerequisite. It is a, it's a requirement because if we have no joy, there's no life of God flowing through us. Because, and, and then I think about what Colossians chapter three says. It says, Jesus Christ, and you don't got me started, Dad. I'm preaching away. <laughs> Uh, Colossians chapter three, you know, it says Jesus Christ is the visible image of an invisible God. So I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone really coming to me and trying to share the love of God with me if they're hateful, if they're sad or they're depressed looking, because there's not going to be anything to draw from. Do you, I hope you guys get what I'm saying. And so um, joy is a choice. We've got to muster up the physical capabilities within our five senses because, you know, whether we hear, see, taste, smell, all the good and all the bad, we've got to figure out how to overcome those physical components that defeat us. And even in our emotions, the, the things that affect us emotionally, we've got to dig deep and find joy. We've got to choose joy because if, if you think about this, if you force joy upon yourself, how's the outlook on your day going to be? How is it? You know, um, and, and how I like to say to people is spend five minutes and just talk to Jesus and think about all of the people that might be praying for you or that have said prayers for you. And, I, and, I, and I'm brought back to joy every single morning of my, my extreme gratitude from my grandma, my extreme gratitude from my dad, because, you know, he probably knows of one situation, but there's numerous situations where I should have been dead. I should have been dead and gone straight to hell because I was serving the devil. Um, I was involved in bad uh, drug drug uh, encounters that just went bad, bad drug deals, I meant to say, that went bad. And uh, I I've got a reason to be joyful. And maybe you didn't have a bad scarred past like I have. Well, all the more reason, the better to choose joy. Now let's move on to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, never stop praying. Now what God's telling us here, it's talking about the attitude of prayer uh, because you can't pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days, because you would get wore out. You know, kind of like my mouth is getting a little bit dry, so I need to take some water. It's like, I couldn't do this 24 hours a day. God doesn't expect us to pray 24 hours a day. What he wants from us is just 
time with him, the attitude of prayer. You know, if we're sitting at our desk and we're sitting in front of our computer at work or even at home, we're busy doing our jobs. I mean, all we need to do is just pause. Lord God, I thank you that I'm alive. Lord, I thank you for bringing me through COVID. Lord, I thank you for my mom, my dad, or my aunt, my uncle, my daughter. Lord, I thank you for provision. I thank him for clothes to wear. I thank you, Lord, that I don't live in a trash dump. You know, my dad and I and my brother and my family and some of our missionary work, we've been around the world. We've, been, we've seen people living in a trash dump. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. And, and, and in most of us around the world, we don't have to live in those situations. And if you're watching this live, most likely you're not in that situation. And so all the more reason is to have the attitude of prayer. And, and, and one of the things I like to tell people uh, when I express this, is says never stop praying. Really, when it says to never stop praying, that means to have the attitude of prayer. It means to be mindful of other people. Because it, it, when it's, you can't have the attitude of prayer if you're constantly thinking about me, myself. You can't. It's, 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 it's mentally and physically impossible to have the mind and the attitude of God. I mean, it really is. And so the last thing that I want to share with you is First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. So there's a reason that we need to express gratitude um, because of what everything that God has done for us. So um, I won't spend too much time because I, I've gone over my time, but is that there's a, there's a recipe for you to talk to Jesus every single day. Choose joy, number one, even as hard as it may be sometimes. And number two, never stop praying. Think of others, have the attitude of prayer. And number three, be thankful, express your gratitude to God. And that's what I tell my Bible study guys, you know, um, be thankful, express gratitude. And, you know, we even teach our kids that to be thankful, to, to, to show gratitude when somebody does something for you, uh, when, they, um, when they send you money or they send you gifts, you know, express gratitude, whether it's uh, a text, a phone call, or a note, express gratitude. It goes a long way. Not that you're trying to get something else in return, but you're expressing gratitude for all of the great things God has done in your life. Amen. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end there. I, I, I've got so much more in my heart that I could share, but I just... I want to draw it to a close and let's, you know, see what God's put in your heart towards what I've been talking about. Well, uh, Tim, I'll just say this. I've sat here and listened to you these few minutes and I've had many different emotions to go through my, uh, my mind um, as I listen to you speak. And um, so many things I could comment on but I don't want to take away from what you just spoke about. But let me just go back and uh, say thank you for giving your heart to God and your life to God. And all those years that you were in darkness and your mother and I were praying for you, um, something you said earlier about if you prayed and you've been disappointed that you haven't seen the answer. Well, that's one thing your mother and I did for you. We just kept praying. And you know, Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and you shall receive. And the Amplified Bible actually says, Ask and you shall receive. And keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. So 
my words to you is don't get tired of praying. You know, I've said many, many times um, that I don't spend as many hours at one time in prayer as I did, but I go less time without praying. I don't go a long time without praying because I know how important it is. And I've said many times, if you can text constantly on your phone to your loved ones, to your friends, why can't you, we don't text to God, but why can't we lay the phone down sometimes and just tell God how much we love Him? And, and you know, I look and see what Tim is doing for God now in those, those 12 years that he was in the world and he was in darkness and he just mentioned of how that many times his life was in danger and I, I do know of a couple of them. I didn't know he had drugs in his car the night that he came in the service. But you know, one thing about it, we loved him. Uh, we loved him. He was our son. We loved him no matter what. And we love him now. We loved him then. And, you know, and that's the thing is learning how to love and keep praying. And, and you know, you, we, we hated the things he did, but we loved him. And, you know, I think about as he was talking about my mother, um, of how she prayed. And I, 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 I go back so far, you know, I remember as a child growing up in our home every night. It was my mother, it was not my dad, it was my mother that would call us around. Now, mother had eight children, and she would call us around the altar, and I remember every night we didn't have a choice. Now, we didn't like the choice, but we didn't have a choice, and the only, only times we were exempt from uh, having to have family prayer around the altar before we went to bed at night. The only time we was exempt was Wednesday night church and Sunday night church. But not only that, did we have prayer in our home, and I hear my mother pray all the time as he said, you know, uh, he'd come in the house, and, and I have visions of m memories and visions of this now, of my mother constantly walking through the house, uh, rubbing her hands and praying, or I'd come in the, the house and she'd be sitting there reading her Bible and just praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and not only that, but my mother and dad would open their home on Friday nights for prayer meeting. And prayer meeting would begin about 10 uh, p.m. Now, they didn't just pray for 30 minutes, and they didn't just have one person praying and everything else. But this was a different time, and they were all Pentecostal. And I was just a kid, and, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I was sitting in the room, and sometimes I'd fall asleep, but sometimes the loud praying and the speaking in tongues and prophesying and laying hands on each other, the prayer really never stopped. If someone needed a break, they went to the restroom, they went and got some water, they went and got some coffee. But I can't remember any times that they stopped for breaks or coffee or don't, I mean, stopping for donuts. You, you just individually slipped out and did what you needed to do and come back. And many times I can remember on Saturday morning, the sun coming up uh, before prayer meeting was over. And sometimes there would be 30 and 40 people in our home on Friday night praying. So my heritage, Tim's heritage, we, we have such a rich heritage of where we came from, of my grandmother, uh, my mother and his grandmother praying.
So I want to encourage you back to something I said earlier. If you prayed and you hadn't seen the results, don't give up. Don't give up praying. Don't stop praying. We prayed for 10, for 12 years. We prayed for his brother David, who's here in the room right now. I, we prayed for him. His life was a little different, but similar. Uh, he was on drugs and alcohol, and, and his, he, you know, he was in the world. And, you know, we as a parent, many times Sharon and I, um, we had to check ourselves. What did we do wrong? How did we mess up? How can our children go astray? How can they be in the world when we've done our best to live in front of them? Oh, I wasn't a perfect parent. I was far from being a perfect dad. I was gone far too much. I was out preaching the gospel and was gone far too much, but I can't undo that now. And anyway, I love my family. I always provided for my family. Still love for my family. Still am there for my family. It makes no difference what the needs may be. So I want to encourage you, just, just do what Tim said. Talk to Jesus. And then, as he said, let him talk back to you. You're having conversation with him. And today, I, I, I think I've been inspired just by listening to my son. I think I've been inspired even more to want to be with Jesus more. That's my heart's desire. You know, uh, we very seldom, I know they still have them, but even though those was old Pentecostal days and we had the type prayer meetings we have, it's still good. It's still good if we would come together and have some all-night prayer meetings. I think if we had prayer meetings today of people praying together, uh, corporately coming to God, I believe we'd see some of this darkness in our world begin to move out. I mean, you know, the, the world has darkness all around it, but Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. He's the light in us, and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. So I, I just pray that these words that Tim has spoken to you, I appreciate him sharing uh, his personal experiences, because I believe that's one of the greatest things that you and I can do, is share our personal experiences of how God took us from here and brought us to there. And he's not going to leave us there. There's more for us to go. There's, there's more of this journey to continue. And you and I have to be the examples. You and I have to be the ones to be a witness of Jesus Christ in these last days. And I do believe with all of my heart that Jesus is coming soon. But before Jesus comes, there's got to be a gathering together of people coming in to the kingdom of God. And so the Bible tells us in Matthew 9:38, he said, pray that there be labors in the harvest. And that's why Tim and I are here right now to you. We're, we're laboring. We know probably uh, most people that view this kind of ministry are born again. But if you're not born again, if you've never made Jesus Lord or you're viewing with someone and you haven't surrendered your life to God, you have been, but you've walked away from the Lord. I want you to right now pray this prayer with me. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, forgive me of my sin. I repent now. Help me to turn from darkness to light. I want to walk in your love, your wisdom, your light. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart and life and strengthening me and encouraging me. 
And Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. Amen and amen. Well, Tim, it's been a joy to have you here with us today. And I just believe a number of people um, have been touched as I and as I have. And you've you got some final thoughts you want to share with us here before we go? Absolutely. Um, you know, I just, I just kind of go back to the very beginning part of uh, what we talked about is, you know, talking to Jesus and really the simplistic components of what it is. It's, it's a conversation. And, you know, sometimes I think we can complicate things and, and make, it, uh, make it seem like it's hard or it's difficult. And, and it's really not. I think for years I struggled with, with the right prayer life, thinking that I had to say, Dear God, I, you know, there had to be a specific way that God only heard you if you sounded spiritual, if you sounded holy, or if you, you know, you had to be done the church way, you know, and it's like, oh God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I just, you know, you had to have all the right words. I, I take authority over this and I cast out this. I speak over this. And, and you know what? <clears throat> I don't know anywhere in the Bible where it says, uh, how how you should say, you know, some specific prayer. You know, I know it talk, talks about, you know, the, the you know, what says, when thy kingdom come, thy will be done, the Lord's prayer. But that's completely different. It's like he wants to be in a relationship with us. And with relationship with God, it really takes communication both ways. And we overcomplicate things because we think it has to be done a certain way or at a certain time. But really, it's, it's nothing more than Abba God. I just I loved you. He's like, Jesus is our friend. He says that in his word that he will stick closer than a brother and we can always count on him. And, and you know, the thing is, is we sometimes we feel we have felt in the past that we've maybe been neglected from by God. And really, if, if you think about the essence of that, really, he's never He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He even makes that promise to us that he will never leave us and he never will forsake us. And, you know, sometimes I think as, as people that do pray to God, what they do, and I did it for years and didn't even consciously think about it because, you know, the Bible says that he knows every need that we have even before we ask. So, so therefore, when we go to God in prayer and in conversation, when we go to him, it need oriented. So we're coming to God at a deficit. So if we, we're always coming to God with what we want, what we need, what we desire, we're, we're, we're praying out of deficit. Instead of, you know, if you go back to what I said in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, verse 17, verse 18, always be joyful. Always have the attitude of prayer, thinking of God, thinking of others, not me, myself, and I, what I need, what I want. Because, you know, like I said, even in, in the book of Luke, it says, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all that stuff will be added. Those are byproducts. And so therefore, if we pray out of a surplus instead of a deficit, you know, God is more likely not necessarily to hear our prayers, but he's not interested in what the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew. It says, don't make vain repetitions before the Lord. Because for me, I try to almost every single day um, to never pray for what I need, for what I want. Um, the only time that I ever really do that is when my wife and I need to come together a prayer of agreement over something. So God bless you guys. I hope that's an encouragement to you. 
Um, I love y'all. I'll still be praying for you. And if you're in Dallas, hope to see you in the coming months. Well, you know, um, when you were talking there, you said you don't come to God with a deficit. But actually, the way you said it, you didn't use this word, but actually you come to God with overflow. And I really like that. Um, as my wife and I have matured, we have, I've sort of changed my routine. I used to get up every morning, as you said, Tim, uh, early. I don't get up as early, but I get up early, and my wife and I read our Bibles together. Sometimes we discuss what we're reading about because we read through the Bible each year. And as we read the Bible, many times this inspires me. And as I go to my place of prayer, I, I used to go into the closet all the time. I don't do that as much now. My, my closet is different than the one that I had that Tim was talking about and one of the others. So I, I'm not as comfortable in that our closet here as I was. So sometimes I just go in my office and I... Uh, open up my iPad or my my uh, computer that's got the prayer list on it. But many times, many times, as Tim said, I never get to the prayer list. Oh yeah, I pray for people. I really do. But sometimes it's just the fact that I just start worshiping. As, as Tim said, I just start worshiping or I start praying and all at once Romans 8 and 26 uh, kicks in. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings. So in other words, sometimes when I start to pray, I've already come with an overflow from reading God's Word. And so I'm not coming out of deficit of need. Oh, I have needs. We all have needs. But instead of coming to God in a needy form, if we would come to Him in a love, you know, I've lived with Sharon Clowers for 59 years. We've been married. I don't live with her out of need. I live with her. She's my wife. I don't have certain times of the day that I tell her that you can talk to me or that I'll talk to you. We live to, with each other. And so we text each other when we're apart. We call each other when we're apart. We communicate in the house. When we're lying down at night to go to sleep, we tell each other good night and I love you. And when we wake up in the morning, we, we talk. And so, you know, it's, I've often said, I never get up and leave the house or do anything or start my day without getting my soul happy. And that's what Tim said. And happy birthday, Caitlin. We love you and we miss you. And you just turned into a beautiful girl. But as Tim was talking about Caitlin, I've seen those days when she's getting out of bed. Um, don't come there for a little while. You can come there, but just don't try to have conversation because she's not ready. But you see, she can change that. It's just attitude. It's attitude. Everyone can change it. And so prayer is one of those things that will help people get your day going. If you're one of those that Tim talked about, that you have a hard time in the morning of getting up and getting the, the things out of your mind and the cobwebs out of your mind, and all of this, just begin to worship the Lord. You say, well, that's easy for you to say. It is. It's easy for me to say, but this is what I've chosen to do. Well, Tim, it's been a joy having you here with us today, and I want to thank you for your ministry and your time and, and all that you're doing. And uh, 
you know, you're just feeding the poor, you're feeding the hungry. Um, I could go on and on. You're ministering to a young, a, a young men every Monday night. And God has just put in your heart to go. And you've been all over the world. But when the doors open again for the world, I know you'll be going back out to the places of the world once those doors open. When this uh, virus thing is, is under control and we have the permission to go. But anyway... I just want to encourage you that have been watching to be a part of our ministry. Some of you call me your pastor and, and you that send in your tithe. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate it so much. You that send a tithe and you that send the offering. And let me encourage you to do that right now. You can go to our website, elglobal.church, elglobal.church. And you have the choices there. You can uh, give on Rebel Give or Tithely. And it's so simple. It's so easy. It's really not difficult. So if you'll just follow the prompts and do what it tells you to do, whatever amount that you are sending, it's easy to do. And so we appreciate you that do support and do give to the ministry and help us. And right now we really need some extra people to stand up or you to do something extra because this has caused us to be out of pocket thousands of dollars that we really need you to help us with because we have no place to minister other than the hotel and we're having to pay our rent right on, our lease right on without being in there. We're having to pay extra for the hotel, carry things in and out, uh, do our recording here, which makes it difficult to do. But anyway, it's all for the joy of the Lord. It's all to minister to you. So I pray God's blessings on your life. Tim, one more thought you have before we go real quick, 30 seconds. Um, yeah, just everybody, just try to be faithful in your conversations with talking to Jesus and not let what weighs on us every day because that, you know, we can wake up with, or we, maybe we wake up early at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning worrying about what we got to do or the pressures that we're going to face. Try not to let that deter us from having a conversation and talking to Jesus because really he just wants to talk to us and meet us where we go, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, evening. Don't let it weigh us down and somehow, some way, dig deep and choose joy. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Tim. I th thought this was just absolutely anointed and precious, the words that you've spoken and encouraging people to pray. And I, I believe that you will pray. We're praying for you and you pray for us. And I pray God's blessings throughout this whole week coming that you will you'll make it a point. I'm going to spend some quality time with the Lord. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for watching. Be blessed.